Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. I like that Shakespearean lace in your acting. I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to just take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek oh, captain on our show. True. Being, as you said, number one of the, on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> you famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts, or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, a podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may yeah. happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling like Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away Ow. overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. This is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to the 4:30 movie. This week, it's the, it's um, uh, it's uh, I'm trying to remember what uh, what we're we doing here. Dude, um, come on, dude. It's uh, you know oh, this, dude. We're talking it's, about movies and, and movies. It's the 4:20 movie oh. week here on the 4:30 oh. movie. Stand up. Have a drink. Still got your sense of humor. <laughs> Drink up. Drink up. I want you to drink all of that. You understand? Drink it all. Just like it was with my brother Frank. Gotcha. Drink up. <coughs> It was you. It was you who poured it down, wasn't it? Hey, Eric. Hey. Did you all have a good laugh? Hey. You have a good laugh when he was spewing it out? Hey. 
your regular 4.30 movie host, Mr. Monday, Steve Melching. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but right now I got a serious case of the munchies. On Tuesday, it's the even bigger Lebowski, Mr. Darren Docterman. Dude. And on Wednesday, it's Ashley and Chong, Ashley Edward Miller. Gotta do more cocaine so we can do more works and make more money so we can buy cocaine so we can do more works and make more money so we can do cocaine so we can buy Now, 420 movie, we're gonna be doing, uh, we're talking movies about drugs, narcotics, illicit substances. And I have to say, when, when this subject was first broached many times by my co hosts, I, I, I did not want to do this week. I, to me, this was like, as bad as monkey business week. I was like, oh, come on. Do we have to do a drug week? I, because I thought literally at first, and I, I hadn't really thought it through, that it was going to be a week of like Cheech and Chong movies. I hate that shit, right? So um, <laughs> then I started to think about it, and I, I think it was my uh, my good friend Darren Dockerman, or maybe it was Ashley, said, well, we, we can talk about movies that involve drugs, right? Doesn't have to be about druggies. And I, I was like, yeah, of course. I was like, oh, well, that changes thing appreciably. I could pick Dune, you know. It, so, so it, it was like then I got really excited. Thanks for spoiling my Tuesday. <laughs> no way, really? No. I didn't no. think so. I didn't. Even Ashley wouldn't go there. But the funny thing is, we <laughs> are we are four of the most straight laced, non druggy uh, people <laughs> you could ever find. Um, you know, it, it, luckily we didn't uh, we didn't enter the workforce in the 70s or we would be uh, outcasts. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's so funny that we're even talking about this because we have almost no connection to that. We have no French connection to that. That's right. <laughs> I've done the I've done the pot a couple of times. And uh, I got to say the the first time I tried it was a. Uh, a good friend of mine's uh, younger brother brought down some good stuff from uh, from uh, Humboldt County, NorCal, oh, and uh, he had a bong, and I uh, I uh, partook of the bong and uh, was pleased to find that it made everything hilarious, even things that weren't funny at all. Wow! Wow! wow. Like you should podcast. read Facebook. Are we, <laughs> are we telling stories now about our about our adventures with sure. Pot? Okay. Our human adventures. <laughs> uh, I will say that it's only ever like I, I haven't done it that often, but but it's only ever done one of two things: either infinite Scooby Doo impressions, <laughs> or or nothing at all. Although uh, the first time it ever happened, I, I went to, uh, to to visit a friend at uh, at his college. I disappeared. It was my lost weekend, so I disappeared from my room. Like I came back, and my roommate was like getting ready to auction off my shit. Um, but I went to visit him and uh, we went to some party at a, at a fraternity and we, he did a favor for one of the brothers. And so it was like, well, here's some, some pot. So we were just taking bong hit after bong hit after bong hit until I was so high. I drank the bong water, which is a little like walking <laughs> into a bar, ordering a beer, drinking the beer, eating the glass, and then asking for another. Um, and the, uh, the punchline was, you know, the, this room had 
all of these stuffed toys and all kinds of things everywhere. There was a there was a, a sheep that had like you opened up the back of it and there were like baby stuffed sheep inside it. It was very cute. And there was a pea pod, right? And you unzipped the pea pod and there were little smiling peas inside of it. It was all very interesting. And as we were sitting there and I was recovering from drinking the bong water, the, the guy who'd given us the bong in the first place sits down and he says, you guys look like you've done a lot of drugs tonight. Said. He holds up the sheep and he says, when this sheep was pregnant, this sheep did a lot of drugs. And this happened. And he opens the flap on the sheep's ass. And instead of a baby sheep staring us in the face, it was a smiling pea. And I screamed and I screamed and I screamed. And I was scared straight, guys. I, <laughs> I have to tell you, I was like, wow, never doing drugs again. <laughs> that was the most terrifying experience of my life. So I plan to tell my boys this story in the hope that they too will make good life choices and not drink the bottle of water. I spent about three months working on X-Men 3 up in Vancouver. That's the start. <laughs> um, walking through the streets of Vancouver on our off time, there is no city that I've ever been in that smelled like pot more than Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it was such a fascinating change of pace. Uh, first of all, that I actually recognize the smell because, uh, I've only, I've only partook once and, uh, I fell asleep. So, uh, it, it has, it, it has no effect on me that I can't get from a, uh, a nice warm cup of tea. So, uh, it, 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 uh, it, uh, doesn't have any appeal to me, but I can understand why some, uh, might, uh, but, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's my, that's my crazy, crazy youth in Vancouver. So funny. I, you know, see, I, I skip the drugs and go straight for the munchies. I'm not interested in the drugs. <laughs> I, I, I just want the snacks. That's all I yeah. care about. No, I'm it, only it, here for the snacks. It, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so funny because when, you know, we were doing this week, I, I felt like, oh, you guys, you guys must be huge druggies. We never talked about this. I figured, oh, you must, you know, you're all creative types, right? And I'm like, oh, they must all do a ton of pot, right? And it's like, I, I don't do drugs at all. I've never, I never have. In fact, you know, I, I've told this story before, this great story when I was in, in Jamaica. In fact, you've, you've refused them. Why now? <laughs> when I was, I mean, if I didn't do it after seeing Live and Let Die, I was never going to do it. So, um, but, I, you know, it was, uh, but, um I, I was in Jamaica. Remember, I was in Jamaica and I just met these love, lovely, this is for a James Bond thing in Jamaica, actually. Yeah. Um, and I met these these lovely, uh, uh, lovely uh, women that uh, were on the a trip as well and hanging out. And they were going to get, you know, a bunch of pop because it was Jamaica. And uh, they were going to leave the confines of the resort, go somewhere, you know, outside the resort, semi-dangerous. So Goldeneye. So I'm like, dude, was, I actually went to Goldeneye on that trip. So, so I said, well, I'm going to keep an eye on you just to make sure you're okay and you don't get in trouble. So I'm watching them from a safe vantage point because they're afraid if I went with them, I'd, they'd blow, I'd blow the deal, right? So Did they know you were watching? So I said, yeah, oh, no, no, they knew. They, okay, wanted, good. <laughs> they knew, no, they said, if you go, you'll blow the deal. So you watch and just make sure we're safe and, and you know, and then we'll come back and, you know, uh, right. I'll get one in a series of contact highs. So anyway, I'm watching 
them. And suddenly this burly security guard comes up to me, huge security guard, says, you've got a lot of nerve. And I'm like, what, what, do you, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, he goes, making those girls score, dr- score drugs for you while you sit over here and watch and put them in jeopardy and risk their lives. Do you know how dangerous it is outside there? They could be taken away. And I'm like, no, it's not for me. I'm watching them. He's like, yeah, whatever. Well, I going to go take care of them and look out for them. It was like, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was so crazy. How dare you, Mark? I it was like, how, how dare, dare you? Son of a bitch. What a <laughs> jerk I was. How dare me? I, no good deed goes unpunished. But um, are, those drugs aren't mine, officer. Look, the, you know what? The movies are a drug. Let's face it. Let's face it. You know? <laughs> I mean, Brian I Ferry. I smell a silver nitrate in the morning. I mean, <laughs> Roxy Music said love is the drug. But, you know, honestly, I think for us, movies are the drug. And, it, you know, what's great about movies is you can experience a completely different lifestyle from your own. You can be anyone, experience anything. You know, we've been in, you've been in space, you've been underwater, you've been done all these amazing things. You traveled the world, traveled the universe, you know, in movies. And of course, you could be, uh, you know, an addict or you can do the greatest drug deal in the world. You know, all these things we, we live vicariously through the movies. So it'd be very interesting to see because there's so many different types of movies that deal with drugs. It's a fascinating subject when you really think about it. You know, because people, you know, will risk anything, you know, for the next the next fix, the next high or to make the big deal, as we've seen, I'm sure, in a lot of these movies that we're going to talk about. Um, before we do that, I have to say, Darren and I went to go see Planet of the Apes at the Academy Museum last night. Indeed. It was so great. So great. On the big screen, it was introduced by Dr. Z, Dr. Zayas himself. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was great. Rock any chance, <laughs> any chance to go ape. I mean, for all our any problems, with, for ape. all our problems with the Academy, and we have a lot, and yeah. and uh, our problems with the Academy Museum, of which there are also a lot. The one thing, but at least do, we're not banned from it for ten years. <laughs> at least we're not banned. <laughs> I was, I was thinking of just walking up to Doctor Zayas and slapping him. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and and um, they they really have that you know it's it's funny because even that they can't get right they, they project for those of you who don't live in L.A. they have this gorgeous theater it's in a giant spherical ball which everyone in town calls the Death Star and apparently the architect hates it he said you cannot call it the Death nobody should be calling it the Death Star he has some ridiculous name for it but yeah. of course then, everyone knows it's the Death Star and yeah why did you make it look like the Death Star <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, maybe it's a Borg sphere, but nobody knows what a Borg sphere is because nobody watches Star Trek. So, um, but uh, it's it's amazing uh, that they would think that no one's going to call it the Death Star because that's exactly what it looks like. The, the biggest problem I find is that they do the, it's really ass backwards. They do the Q&As before the movie, which is bizarre. I yeah. mean, it's, it's really bizarre. And particularly for a movie like Planet of the Apes where you really don't want to give anything away. But of course, this is the Academy Museum where they have, Rosebud in the lobby that says, oh, you know, Rosebud, the sled for the, the, the iconic sled from Citizen Kane. It's like, you know, the idea is to nurture people's passion and love for the cinema and, you know, a whole new generation. And uh, but the, okay, oblivious, oblivious. Anyway, I do love the, the screenings. It was great print. They're showing some great stuff. Coming well, it's, up. it's right next to Jay Davidson's jockstrap from The Crying Game. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. We're, 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 that's coming up too. She's a man, baby week. That's going to be back to spoiler week tonight. On the four thirty movie, it was Voyager. It was Voyager space probe. <laughs> so they blew it up. People are tuning out in droves. They're thinking these guys are so square. <laughs> hey, it's hip to be square. There you go. There you oh, go. Man. Although, uh, speaking of screenings, I know there's a screening coming up at the American Cinematheque of one of our recent 4:30 movie picks, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, I believe will be screening at the Arrow. So looking forward to. Well, that. they are going to do a 1982 tribute. In fact, I've been trading calls with their programmer because they're they're looking to do some cool stuff over there. They're going to be showing a lot of the great movies of 1982. Um, so uh, hopefully, Conan will be only one of many. But yeah, if you haven't seen Conan on the big screen. You owe it to yourself if you live in the Los Angeles area to go check it out because, of course, it, it's uh, it's a great looking movie and more importantly, it's a great sounding movie. Yes. Or don't go and stay on your own wheel of pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're doing the four twenty, the four twenty week, four twenty week, which is four twenty uh, movie, which is the four twenty movie week, which is all about movies about drugs or druggies. So. Um, this will be an interesting week. Again, it's a pretty vast well to choose from. And uh, we're going to start, as we always do, on Monday with Mr. Stephen Melching. Well, uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I'm going straight to the shallow end of the well and uh, picking the low-hanging fruit. I, my pick is a movie that I actually saw on the afternoon movie uh, several times. The Quiet uh, Man heavily edited for television. And in retrospect, it just boggles me my mind that they went to such Herculean efforts to uh, recut and redub large portions of this movie so they could air on, on afternoon television. Uh, of course, I'm speaking of Cheech and Chong's next movie. Tradition of the great comedy teams, war and pestilence. Are you ready for the end of time? Death and taxes. Responsibility is a heavy responsibility, man. Bad breath <laughs> and body odor. What, you know that smell armpit? <laughs> and punk rock. <laughs> Comes Cheech and Chong. <laughs> they walk, they talk. <laughs> And now they make number two. I got nowhere to go. Well, go see a movie or something. Cheech and Chong's next movie. <laughs> Not their first movie. It was their next movie. And um, the great thing about that, you know, this movie, you know, Cheech and Chong, the original stoners uh, who were very popular uh, in the 70s with a long series of uh, record albums uh, and comedy, live comedy tours. Uh, it starred the two of them. Uh, it was also uh, directed by Tommy Chong and written by the two of them. Uh, Co-starred uh, Paul Rubens as both a hotel clerk and a stand-up comedian in his Pee Wee Herman persona. Uh, Jake Steinfeld, a.k.a. Body by Jake, is in this movie. Uh, and a, a number of groundlings are in it, including Edie McClurg, Cassandra Peterson, Phil Hartman, 
and Rita Wilson. Uh, and also, speaking of uh, speaking of the 80s, Michael Winslow, who you may remember from oh, the yeah. Police Academy movies as the voice, the sound effects guy. The Jimmy yeah. Dewan of the 70s, the man <laughs> of a thousand voices. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's it's kind of the original stoner movie. It's got... Uh, uh, a, a meandering storyline, as you might expect, uh, by following a couple of uh, stoners uh, through their misadventures. It also has an interesting uh, snobs versus slobs uh, aspect to it, which was something that was becoming very popular at the time. This movie came out in 1980, so it was clearly uh, following on the heels of Animal House uh, uh, and 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 Stripes movies, films like that. Uh, and the story is. Uh, a slight one, uh, the main storyline, no when, when it really gets started, Cheech uh, is staying at home in his, his shithole house, trying to clean it up, getting ready for a big date because he thinks he's going to get laid. And he gets wants Chong to get out of the house so he can have some privacy. So he sends Chong out to meet up with his, uh, his identical cousin, Red, who is also played by Cheech in a red wig. And the two of them go on these silly adventures uh, across Los Angeles and get involved in all kinds of stuff. And the kind of the conceit of the film is Red uh, is locked out of his hotel room and the manager, played by Paul Rubens, won't let him back in to get his stuff because he can't pay the bill. So they break in and because uh, this guy has a duffel bag full of marijuana, 20 pounds of marijuana that they're going to party with. And um, the great thing is on the TV edit, it's of course, it's not marijuana. It's diamonds. So they redub everything when they're talking about the pot. They talk about diamonds and they have these terrible, cheesy insert shots of the duffel bag being unzipped with all these really fake glittering diamonds in it. They dip their fingers into it. I want to see that version. I, yeah. I kind of want to see it again, too, because I haven't seen that version diamonds in probably for 40 years. Uh, and uh, they're chased around town and end up in a in Red's uh, marijuana field uh, where a flying saucer comes down and uh, starts extracting their pot plants and then brings them up, uh, abducts them into this into the flying saucer and and sends them home with a with a vial of space coke that uh, gets them super <laughs> high. So uh, I, I, it's it's just so funny the way they re-edited this movie for television and. Um, and, and it's also great to watch these movies because it's a real document of Los Angeles uh, in the late 70s and early 80s. You can identify all these locations on the Sunset Strip and uh, in Hollywood and in the Valley where they're driving around uh, doing stuff. And um, I, I guess I always connected to this movie because uh, as, a, as a kid in, the, in my junior high years, I discovered a Cheech and Chong record in my parents' record cabinet, and I knew there was something, for some forbidden fruit aspect to it. So I would sneak it out of the cabinet when they weren't home and put it on and listen to this thing. And I did not understand probably 80% of the stuff they were talking about because I, I knew what marijuana was from you know, drug education in junior high school, but I had never experienced it and I was, would be way too afraid to, um, but listening to them talking about reds and uppers and downers and, and pot and Coke and stuff, I, I found it really funny, even though I really didn't know what they were talking about. See, maybe That's I should have stolen those from you, you know, because <laughs> I was, I, I was stealing James Bond soundtracks from my parents. <laughs> That, that's really fun. My my parents' uh, sort of uh, secret forbidden record album 
was an evening with Mike Nichols and Elaine May. So that kind of <laughs> tells you what what my mindset was in. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's definitely uh, uh, alcohol forward. But uh, other than that, it's pretty it's pretty squeaky clean. Well, my, you know, my what parents else? were squeaky. My dad was in the was in the military. I mean, it was we, he ran a very tight ship. So it was shocking to find this album in there. The other album I used to grab from them was the Bill Cosby album. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if know. only you'd known. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the Chicken Heart was one of the great, oh, uh, Chicken Heart. Uh, you know, uh, you know, now it's like it's like it's hard to listen to, you know, because yeah, of well. but the, the Chicken Heart was hysterical. I'm sure it still is somewhere. Now, you know, anyway, poor Bill. I mean, you know, this, it's such it's, it's just so tragic that he turned out to be such a scumbag. Yeah. You know, who would have thought I'm <laughs> America's dad. Anyway, that's a whole nother uh, episode. Yeah. So let's we're, go we aren't forward. having Bill Cosby week. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I spot. No, no, we're not, having, we're not having Bill Cosby week anytime soon. Um, so, Ashley, what do you think um, of, of, of uh, the pick from uh, Mr. Monday? You know, I think that uh, <laughs> that anytime time um, and Chong comes into the conversation, it's at least going to be an entertaining conversation. And I think if we're going to kick off the 420 movie correctly, uh, that uh, you can do a lot worse than kicking it <laughs> off with Chichen. In fact, I don't know how you kick it off with anybody but Chichen Chong. Well, Unless you're going to do like... You know, the man with it. Well, I, we shouldn't even don't name say any titles. I'm not going to say a damn thing. I'm not going to open this crap up. It's a good choice. Yes. It's a good choice. I mean, I wasn't going to. Yes, Rock. I, I'm not a fan of those movies. I actually like Cheech Marin a lot as an actor, but I'm not a fan of those movies. I have, don't have a lot of interest in them. This is exactly what I was afraid this week would turn into, but it's the right I, choice. But you do like, <laughs> but you do like Ray Don Chong. I was going to say, yeah, I, I do, do like, like Ray, Ray Don, Don Chong. Chong. <laughs> you can't go wrong with it with Tommy Chong, Ray Don Chong, any of the Chongs. Any of the I Chongs. was so excited about I don't know about ten years ago. Cheech and Chong were touring, and I went to see them live at the uh, Universal Amphitheater. Uh, rest in peace. And um, it was actually quite disappointing. Uh, they did a couple of their classic sketches. And then Chong went on a, a pro marijuana legalization rant for like 10 minutes and got really heated. He was really angry. Was this surprising? <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to hear him do, do the funny joke. Do the ghost. He wanted to hear the do jokes. Play, you know, the comedy. Do, do, play, the, play the funny. Do the funny thing. Okay, well, look, that uh, that brings us to Tuesday, and we'll see where Darren takes us. Will it be more of the the uh, stone the comedy crazy, crazy 70s stoners, or will it be something? Will we will we find a bag full of cocaine? I am I am taking it into full Ashley Miller territory. Whoa! Oh, shit, cloak and dagger had no drugs in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it didn't taking even have Dabney Coleman in it. I'm taking not only a left turn, but a full roundabout. Oh, can I write down what I think this is going to be? Go ahead. Okay, I'm writing it down. Go ahead, write Based it down. On, you're, you're never going to get it. I might. Okay. Okay. Da, 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 da. Anyone else want to guess? Do you need I, more clues? I can't even. Okay. My choice, us. my choice is a film in which... Uh, there is, there is cannabis ever present in it. Mm. 
You don't see it, but it's like the wind. You see the effects of it. Mm. And there is some debate as to whether uh, uh, this uh, this drug uh, influenced the development of the film um, mm. and some of the uh, some of the things in it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I do know what I see in the film. And I do know uh, sort of the history of uh, uh, one of the stars of the film. Um, and uh, his background. I'm going to take you to 1983. I, I got the year. I got the year. No, I didn't. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Darren. Sorry. This is the third chapter in a series of films. This is directed by Richard Marquand. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah. It's Return of the Jedi. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the next chapter in the Star Wars saga, Return of the Jedi. The battle between good and evil rages on. Join the further adventures of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Lando Calrissian, Chewbacca, C-3PO and R2-D2, and Darth Vader. A journey to alien worlds. It's a trap. A rebellion against oppression. An epic of heroes and villains. An adventure as vast as the universe. Return of the Jedi. Coming to a selected theater in your galaxy. You want to know what my guess you was? You out-Ashley'd me. Yeah, out-Ashley'd me. Not only did he out-Ashley, he's like so beyond you, he's like off in another so I, However, like a slight apology for um, all the crap I took for Empire Strikes Back. In, uh, oh, no, no, this no. Is, no this, is this is This is bad. This, this is, is payback. This is bad. This is, is no, unacceptable. it isn't. Harrison Ford's uh, acting in this film is the stoneriest performance Ever seen on film without a swift being in in camera view? Um, Harrison Ford, of course, has a a, a, a history of uh, being a a cannabis uh, connoisseur, and uh, there are some people that even say that uh, he made some of his early money as a distributor of this uh, of this substance. Maybe I don't know any of that. Does not represent the opinion of the 430 movie or its affiliates. <laughs> like or I said, I don't know if any of this is true. I merely report rumor. And uh, anyway, but anyone watching Return of the Jedi with a with a clear mind and a uh, a fresh eye can absolutely see 
that Harrison Ford is walking through this movie in a haze. Uh, constantly, every haze. scene, every scene, it's it's as if he is in a Cheech and Chong movie. And well, I don't, could you tell Luke? Is that who you could tell? You know, it's it's unbelievable when you when you uh, sort of look at it with the information that we have now about uh, about Mr. Ford's uh, practices. And I, I, I look at it and I can't unsee it now. Um, in every scene, Harrison Ford is in a different world. And I'm not talking about a galaxy far, far away. I'm talking about a smoke-filled room. And uh, it, is, it is really stunning to uh to look at it with adult eyes now and uh and see what was going on he didn't want to be there he was self-medicating all the way and um you know it's uh i don't i don't fault him at all um it's uh it's it's sad that his character was put in this situation where he basically had nothing to do in the movie basically uh and he he had he had no urge to be there. He wanted to be dead. He wanted his character to die, uh, you know, 30 years before he actually did in films. So um, that's surrounded my, by a bunch of Muppets and teddy bears. Yeah, well, that that's that's my other comment about whether or not the rest of this film was developed uh, using uh, other substances, because it is absolutely a uh, a strange sort of uh, drug-filled nightmare of uh, tiny teddy bears and strange creatures in Jabba's palace. And uh, you, have to, uh, you have to think that this wasn't, uh, this wasn't generated from uh, purely uh, non... Uh, Write what you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, J- Jabba the Hutt was clearly uh, using something. Uh, he was a part... Well, he certainly had a hookah. Pipe. Yeah. Yeah, what was in and, there? And, and he had a huge toad. He was licking toads. He had a huge toad addiction. <laughs> so you know, I, I know Mark is Mark is appalled by this. By I'm this appalled. Selection. It's like we jumped not only the shark but the Gamorrean guard. We've jumped. I mean, this is just. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. Jabba the Hutt, a notorious drug runner. I mean, that's why he, he was after Han Solo. He dropped right. uh, the load of spice. Load of spice for, the load for of Jabba. So- it's it, you know Han Solo was a drug runner, and <laughs> no, Han or not, Solo was a Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's uh, it's just one of those things that I had to I had to go full Miller. Why? This why, why is it Miller time now? <laughs> is Chewie just a figment of Han's imagination, or is he really? I there? think so. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like uh, you know, it's like he's the, like Mister uh, It's like Fight Club. You know, you know, I want to see the cut where Chewie isn't there um, because he's completely in Han's imagination. That's why he didn't get a medal. Because he wasn't really there. See, you understand now. Chewbacca was never there. As hard as you can. Okay, Darren, what were you smoking before we recorded this podcast? Not a thing. Oh, my God. That's what's even more frightening. I have to say, I'm in in awe of Darren. I um I almost feel like I I wanted to please you, Ashley. You, you did please me, Darren. <laughs> you brought me joy. Peace and contentment of the body. Peace and contentment. Yes, exactly. Protein. Protein from the sea. Uh wow, man. Um uh, that's like that's 
that's so out of the box. There is no box. Oh. But it's kind of, it's kind of fair. Well, I mean, and, and, we Endor, are, Endor was filmed in Northern California, Northern California. Yeah. And, and look, we are talking about, you know, an actor who um, famously, uh, when Calista Flockhart was making Ally McBeal, like at one point, you know, a PA like came onto the stage and was like, uh, there's a homeless man in your car and we can't get him to leave. And she went out and it was Harrison. I mean, so there's something about this that's spectacular and, and wonderful. Every time an ATST fires at a, a bunch of bushes on Endor, that's, that's pot smoke that comes up. So, I'm just telling you. This is an insomnia. An insomnia. It's in plain sight. Don't deny schools. No deniers. Don't sell in our neighborhood. You're ruining. Well, actually, Return of the Jedi was already ruined. But (laughs) oh god, I don't even know what to say. Other than Wednesday, Ashley Miller, what's your pick? It's so funny that he brought because I was going to say Star Wars. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm going like, I thought this was going to be a little bit squirrely, but no, we have now <laughs> so, so widely defined the parameters of the problem that I am actually in my own strange way going straight up the middle, which is out of the box for me. I don't even know how to process this. You see guys, I, I feel like I should just smoke something. I don't feel much better about it. Um, <laughs> by the way, my pick, my, pick was, my pick was Outland, by the way. That's what I thought you were going oh, that, for. That's not a bad well, selection. I, when that you was said among you were going the ones on, that I was thinking about. But when he said yeah. 1983, I had this weird feeling. Um, so uh, my pick is a... Uh, where do I begin describing it? Um... It uh, it's a uh, it's a Don Coscarelli joint. Um, it's uh, one of his more recent efforts. It's a little mind bender. Um, that's uh, it's kind of um, what if David Cronenberg hate fucked the Marx Brothers? Um, <laughs> just I, I guess the only way again to, again <laughs> um, <laughs> poor Marx Brothers. They never saw it coming. Uh, yeah. Um, my pick is, uh, is 2012's John Dies at the End. Mm. Someday you will face the unimaginable. It is physically impossible to avoid it. You got my attention, Mr. Wong. This slack stuff, this sauce. You can see things you shouldn't be able to. If I show you what's in this container, you'll never feel at one with the human race. I realized all at once, my one chance to save the universe lay inside this bottle. It'd be opening doors the other world's mine. What is that stuff, John? The soy sauce? That stuff. I'm remembering things that haven't happened yet. We were chosen. 
fed by the soy sauce. So you guys are what? Some kind of spiritualist exorcists? It's something like that. The director of Phantasm and Bubba Hotep. I suppose you are wondering where you are. I'm gonna guess we're in an alternate universe of some kind. <laughs> Warns you to brandish your weapons. Uh, can I buy you a beer? Lock your doors. What the? That's the axe that slayed me. And stay away. Ooh. From red meat. Spoil the ending. I suppose you're wondering why I'm here. I suppose you're wondering what I'm doing with this can of gasoline. John! 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 John dies at the end. Dave, this is John. Where are you right now? Where are you? Heaven? Is there any way that you can steal my body? What? Um, John Dies at the End is, you know, it is part stoner comedy. It is part science fiction. It is part horror in which uh, two slackers uh, come across a, uh, a drug at a party uh, called soy sauce. And the effect of soy sauce is that it allows you to see um, otherworldly things, to see beyond this dimension um, nay, even travel beyond this dimension um, to travel through time, to make phone calls to your friends through time. Um, it, uh, it has a, as a fairly fantastic turn uh, by Paul Giamatti. Um, you've got the ever-loving, you know, Clancy Brown is in this sucker. It's basically like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little uh, display of of weirdness from the the man who practically invented weirdness in this genre with the phantasm films, uh, Don Coscarelli, who also gave us Beastmaster, um, and uh, you know it's just visually just insane. It is one inventive sequence after another. Um, the movie literally resolves by encountering uh, a god from another dimension who is invading ours through this strange drug called soy sauce. And the way that we stop him is with the help of a little dog named Barkley. I mean, how can you not love it? It's at a hundred minutes. It is, it's pacey. Uh, it's, it's fun. Um, it is strange. I defy you to watch this movie and tell me that at any moment, you know what the hell is going to happen next. Um, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay because it knows that it's not everybody's cup of tea and it is content just to be its own weird, dark little self. Um, it was, uh, it was something that I just, I, I, I literally like when I watched it, I had heard that it was, it was pretty good, that it was pretty weird. I was just looking around for something to watch like a couple of years ago and I happened across it. And I was just, wow, this is fascinating. And I wasn't drinking anything at the time, nor was I high because as we've established, 
this little look, we're very straight laced here. I don't need drugs to have a good time. I just right. need movies like this. For, for a second there, I thought you were going to say John Dykstra at the end. John Dykstra at the end. A different movie. That would be uh, an amazing movie. That's the Death Star <laughs> Trench. That's right. Bring us back to Star Wars. Okay. Go. Well, that's there you go. Name. You know, we're, we're all speechless. Yeah, we are. I would I'm, be too. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to <laughs> Finish the show. Um, so <laughs> I'm done, guys. It's been a pleasure, and I enjoyed doing the fourth third week. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I thought this week would be fairly predictable. I thought, you know, boom, single, straight down the middle, boom, single, oh. single, bases loaded. I come back clean up, and I could, you know, we, everything would be hanging on me to save the fucking show. So, um, you know, I, so I was going to go with something like more edgy, like The River's Edge, Tim Hunter's film with the Keanu Reeves and, you know, the sort of proto Twin Peaks. Um, that is just a terrific, you know, sort of a film from 1986 that not a lot of people remember. Can't do it. You know, it was going to do Fast Times. You can't mention the other five that you were thinking. I was going to do Fast <laughs> Times or Respond High. Great film from 1982. Sure. Amy Heckerling's wonderful teen exploitation. It's a beautiful movie. Of course, it has a brilliant tour de force by Sean Penn as Spicoli in it. Um, and Ray Walston. And Ray Walston is Mr. Hand and Vincent Schiavelli. Uh, all, you know, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I don't want to besmirch the movie by putting it in this week. It's too good to be be in this this week at this point now that we, you've done to this movie week. So I, I, I'm going to have to go and do some cleanup work. And I'm going to go with a movie that I had not planned to uh, pick, but I have to go with to put this whole train back on the tracks. It's 1983's. 1983's remake of Scarface. 1980, Miami. They called it Little Havana. Where the American dream had a price tag. And only one man in a million was hungry enough to pay. His name exploded through the streets, and his smile seduced a city. His eyes ignited passion, and his hands built an empire. Scarface. Those who loved him feared him. Those who feared him, respected him. Al Pacino is Scarface. He loved the American dream with a vengeance. With the, with, the, with the with Al Pacino, there's more drugs in that movie per per running time than probably any movie in in the history movie. Forget traffic, forget all these other movies. There's nothing but drugs. Let me introduce you to my little friend. The whole the, the, winter wonderland. Of a cocaine. winter wonderland, <laughs> indeed. And I've told this story, I think, before on the on on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I was going on a, on a, on a date, and this is uh, in high school to go see Scarface. This is in the days before you could buy tickets in advance, get your seats and everything. So we show up at the theater and it's sold out. Scarface is sold out. Very disappointed. So we buy tickets to Yentl, but this is the great thing back then. 
they don't check without reserved seating. So we take our little Yentl tickets and we go walking into Scarface and we see Scarface. So how dare you? I, I, and, and, and let me tell you, I don't remember the date very well, but I do remember Scarface. And what, a you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's complete De Palma, operatic, over the top insanity. It's not a very good movie, contrary to what people seem to think. Yeah. It's a vastly entertaining movie. Could it qualify for a guilty pleasure week? Absolutely. Except people somehow are deluded into thinking this is somehow a good movie, which it's yeah, not. It's not a movie. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And uh, the world is ours. Um, but, you know, the, the it's thing, a really violent B movie. It's a, yeah. it's not. I, I think it's a C movie, actually. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the actual Paul um, Muni original is actually a really good movie. And the remake is just superheated, adrenalized, the over-the-top performance by uh, Al Pacino. Um, but, you know, it's, it's Stephen Bauer. And, I mean, the Giorgio Moroder score. And even the wonderfully luminous Michelle Pfeiffer is just, like, lost in this movie. The, the best thing about it is probably Robert Loggia, um, who gets killed halfway through the movie. I mean, and, and the, the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the movie are insane. Absolutely, as any, I guess, great drug movie should be. Um, but let's not forget Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonia. Yeah, as uh, Tony's sister, yes. who uh, Steve Bauer is in love with um, and makes the mistake of secretly marrying. Um, Big mistake. Although all that stuff is kind of from the original. I, so it's not, yes. you know, uh, I, I'm as goofy as it is. Um, it, it's a lot better than the whole Godfather 3 um uh, Sophia Coppola, um, Andy Garcia, uh, cousins thing. But I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, uh, written by Oliver Stone. Yeah, right. Oliver Stone. I mean, it's it, 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 it is <laughs> is it entertaining? Yes. Is it good? Not really. But it, it's so much fun, and um, I, I you know I love that it tries to be about something, you know, the whole, uh, with the whole um, Mariella boat lift at the beginning, you know, from Cuba during the Carter administration. And, you know, it's like, oh, look, we're really dealing with stuff here, serious stuff. And it's not, it's just this big overheated pulp movie, but it's, it's, it's so much fun. And uh, to me, it's like kind of the definitive drug movie. I mean, it's what you think of, like you said, it's a winter wonderland. Yeah. Cornucopia of Coke. Uh, (laughs) What got going on over there? Coca Cola. <laughs> Mark has knocked Caffeine. over his bong. It's one of those uh, movies that's just so Party firmly film. entrenched itself in the zeitgeist, and so that you see that one sheet hanging in, you know, dorm rooms and and right. uh, you know, drug dealer apartments. He loved the American dream with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe in America. No, that's a that's a that's a good, that's a good movie with Elvis. But uh, it, you know, and there's so many great memorable scenes. And of course, look, the, the one thing you can't criticize upon he knows how to move the camera. You know, even he just makes everything he does visual a visual tour de force, even if the material is not there to support it. And it elevates Scarface. I mean, everyone remembers the scene with the the Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> massacre scene in, in South Beach where they do the drug the drug deal goes horribly wrong. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, De Palma, nothing is ever, ever he has to go over the top with everything. But that's why it's like opera. His stuff is operatic. But it's um it's a hoot. And it's it's to me, it's like the perfect movie for 420 week. I mean, you know, for 
I mean, there are obviously a lot of others which we can talk about for Friday, but that's my pick oh, for we Thursday. Will. Cool. That's a good pick. I like that. Thank you. Me too. I mean, it's no Return of the Jedi. No, how could it be? What is? How, how could it be? Okay, so that brings us to, to, to Friday. And it's funny because, Steve, when you were talking about seeing a movie that was really cut down on television that was like the ultimate original drug movie, I thought you were going to say Peter Fonda in The Trip. Uh, no, because I've never seen that movie. So I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> that was back in the day when Roger Corman and Jack Nicholson, they were cashing in on the trends of the day. And uh, The Trip is a, a famous... Uh, and it. Huge success in drive-ins and everything else. But, uh, you know, uh, again, probably a movie that looks, uh, you know, there's that whole era of psychedelic drug movies. I mean, I would say probably one of my favorites, um, which, you know, is also very bizarre, is uh, Roger Ebert and Russ Myers' Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. I almost chose that. But then I thought that would be too inside the box. (laughs) Too, Too inside the box. Roger Ebert. Writing his yeah. the soul his one movie he ever wrote and Russ Meyer at 20th Century Fox uh, releases an X rated movie that right. they, was supposedly a sequel to Valley of the Dolls until they got sued by Jacqueline Suzanne who did not want to besmirch her classic Valley right. of the Dolls by associating this yeah don't don't uh, don't hurt the reputation of that wholesome Valley of the Dolls movie yeah which was also <laughs> but. Yeah. And I love the way that they've kind of repositioned it. You know, this is just a terrible movie. They say, oh, no, it was satire. It was satire sure. on Valley of the Dolls. It was, it was just a attempt- joke. It was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so wildly entertaining. Of course, the songs are written by the great Stu Phillips, who did the score for Battlestar Galactica That's and right. Buck Rogers and Knight Rider and all that good stuff. Uh, but, but beyond, And there's a great Criterion edition of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It's funny because Valley of the Dolls is so dated and so unwatchable, but Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is super fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, dated and unwatchable, uh, my uh, <laughs> one of my uh, contributions to Friday is the 1936 Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a cautionary tale. Uh, a, a fictionalized take of the use of marijuana and stay away, kids. It's bad news. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that, that's a really great pick, because, of course, that was the the big, you know, a message movie, you know, under the code about stay away from drugs and re- yeah. reefer madness. And I think it, it played many years. It was sort of like later on, like people would watch it. And as a joke, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, they would watch it ironically. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And it, it's one of those things that uh, sort of uh, uh, instigated the practice of watching films and television ironically. Yeah, yeah, ironically. It's interesting. Yeah. We didn't talk about some of the big ten uh, ton gorillas. Obviously, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Um, yeah, but the the funny thing about that is that uh, it's good. It's it's a great movie and. It could easily work without the use of marijuana. Yeah, but that's not the, the it, thesis it of the be, show. I know, but but it's not the thesis of the movie either. Yeah, but um, there's a whole guy, 10 minutes of drug sequence. It's one of the great sequences in the movie. His whole no, trip. That, no, it's because he got hit in the head. And uh, got, okay, and that's conscious. true. But he's such a stoner that he sees yeah, things. Yeah, he is. And, but I think that even without Smoking marijuana, he's like that anyway. Yeah, okay. That's, that's how that movie is set up to me, at well, any rate. His attempt to smoke that roach that falls into his lap leads <laughs> to the funniest car crash in movie history. <laughs> <laughs> the car veers across the alley and hits that dumpster. 
Yeah. It's so funny. But we picked this before for Cone Brothers. We picked it a couple yeah. of times, I think. I a movie that I was, that you reminded me of, uh, or you, you mentioned an actor that reminded me of a movie that I, that I might propose for Friday. Uh, it's a Milos Forman film from 1971 called Taking Off, mm. uh, starring Buck Henry and Lynn Carlin as parents looking for their wayward teenage daughter. And it has a really funny pot smoking sequence in it where all these parents gather together to be educated about marijuana. And this expert comes out to teach them how to smoke a joint. The expert is played by Vincent Chiavelli. Nice. And they pass around this joint. He's telling them all the drug nomenclature. This is a joint. Now you do not bogart the joint. And, and they're passing it around and getting stoned. And it's a really funny sequence. Well, if we're going to do comedies, then you can just do Andy Hall with her. The great scene where they're passing around the cocaine and Woody Allen sneezes and blows <laughs> all the cocaine. To, uh, um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think that there's so many, you know, even The French Connection is a great drug movie, but perhaps an even better choice for this week be The French Connection 2, where Gene Hackman is, uh, you know, uh, on heroin the whole time. Right. Where he's been set well, up. The, the by The French is. Connection. Yes, the, the character, character of Popeye is. Doyle is. Well, not whether or not Gene Hackman, Hackman was or not. No, I don't think Gene it's Hackman debatable. was. It was but, Popeye yeah. Doyle. Sorry, <laughs> I should say. Gene Hackman's character of Popeye Doyle was That's on right. heroin the whole time. Um, or spinach, one you, of the you other. know. But they're not. They're not going to be many weeks where we can pick the French Connection to John Frankenheimer's sequel to William Freakin's great. Uh, yeah. French Connection is obviously an amazing, amazing movie. We've picked it before. I'm sure we'll pick it again. Yep. Um, but you know, just uh, like our feet and the kids. <laughs> just like our feet. What about what about Danny Boyle's classic Train Spotting? That's true. Sure. Yeah, for are you all you uh, heroin fans? I hadn't thought about train spotting in a long time, and then we went to that party at the Scum and Villainy Cantina last week, and I went to use the bathroom, <laughs> and it suddenly I reminded see. me of train spotting, <laughs> the worst well, toilet in Britain. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, forget it. You know, I don't need to go. I, I really don't need to go to the bathroom. And, and train spotting too, actually, surprisingly strong sequel. I really liked the. Mm. I really liked it. I, you know, I, there's there's one that I, I originally thought of uh, for this, but I thought it was uh, I thought everyone else would pick it. It's uh, 1993's uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. Oh, that was a high mm. on my list. High on my list. Um, high on your high list. On list. Yeah. I mean, all, all right. All right. All right. I mean, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey uh, makes I think if not his his first appearance in movies, I think it's really close. Um, but that's certainly uh, what brought him to uh, to public view. Um, it's uh, you know it's a coming of age thing, and uh, drugs are everywhere. It takes place in the early seventies, and uh, it's sort of the uh, uh, the next group of people after the hippies. Uh, and it's uh, it's really fascinating, and some uh, some really realistic portrayals of uh, of. People that could easily be stereotyped, uh, but uh, I, I think it's uh, very entertaining and uh, a lot of fun to watch. But like Fast Times did ten years earlier, more great actors came out of Dazed and Confused. Um, you know, Ben Affleck, uh, um, um, uh, you know, had a big role in that. Obviously, um, Woody, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, there's so many great uh, um, Mila Jovovich, uh, so many great performances. 
And, you know, for people who may not have seen the movie because they think, oh, it's just a movie about high people in high school and drugs. And it is a great, great film. I mean, Days and Confused yeah. is really a terrific movie. But, well, you, know, you know, we could because every single one of his films is a joint. And he's fighting. <laughs> 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 Inside man, slightly <laughs> joint. So <laughs> that's that's really funny. Um, right. I'm looking for. I, I got to pick Black Klansman one day. That movie was a real revelation for me. I love, I love that movie, but not this week. Not this week. <laughs> um, you know, we're also missing obviously Midnight Express. What could, what what's more associated with drug and drug culture, of course, than based on a true story? Um, directed by Alan Parker. Beautiful looking movie. Um, Another uh, Oliver Stone classic script. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. um, uh, and speaking of Oliver Stone, I've picked uh, this movie before in other uh, in other weeks. But The Doors. Yep, 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 yep. yep. If if any if any movie smells like marijuana when you're watching it, that's one. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's so trippy, you know. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I thought about The Doors too, and I remember you picked it. And I know that. Yeah, The Doors too. <laughs> the Doors <laughs> Strike Back. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about Bruce Botnick uh, mixing the score to Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That's right. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, Martin Scorsese's. I'm not a huge fan of this movie, although it has some great moments. Wolf of Wall Street. Sure. You know, I, I think that um, you know it, it's not on a par with stuff like Goodfellas and some of his you know real genius films. But um, there's some great Martin stuff. Scorsese in it. didn't do real genius. That would be amazing. I would love Martha, to see that. It's not on par with Martha Coolidge's great movies. Um, <laughs> you know what I thought, Ashley? You were probably going to pick, if you didn't go with Days and Confused, now that you're an honorary Texan, I, I thought you were going to pick True Romance, knowing what a fan. Well, you know what? That was definitely um, on my, that was one of the very first things I thought about. Number one, because of, it's just, it's the, it's at the heart of the plot, right? The status of the drugs. But also, Brad Pitt is in the movie for about, two minutes, yeah. but he gives one of the most fantastic portrayals of a stoner of all Lying time. on a couch. Right, yeah. he's trying to give directions. He's like, well, you just keep driving and you keep driving. And you, you got me in a driving. vendetta kind you, of You mood. know where Bobby lives? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like, don't you condescend to me, man. Oh. Um, he's a He's just awesome in it. It's, it's one of my favorite of a, films. Speaking of a hell of a cast, I mean, the cast in that movie is, uh, I mean, James Gandolfini is in that movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, that, it's, uh, it's classic. Yeah, Saul Rubinek is in that film. Playing Joel right. Silver. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would be remiss because I know, you know, my wife loves the, listening to the podcast. If I didn't mention Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream, one of her favorite movies. Yeah. With uh, the great uh, Jennifer Connelly, um, the feel-good movie of the summer. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, it's, to do a, a double feature with Labyrinth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a dark movie. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I love dark movies, but this makes uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes look happy by comparison. Yeah. No, yeah. this is. They, I don't know if it could get any darker than uh, Requiem. But it's a great movie, and uh, obviously, really captures. Um, um, you know what this week is all about and then there's the sort of more pulpy uh, drug movies like uh, New Jack City which taught us you know when you're making cocaine you need a bunch of naked people standing around with you know um, that's uh, how I do it uh, with, with scales uh, I, I mean, thought that was a given it was such it's such a like over the top you know pulpy kind of drug movie but it's really fun 
Well, you know, there's like a sort of and and smug, annoying issue movies. Like even though I like the director, uh, Traffic. Yeah. Yeah, right. I like traffic. I remember right after it came out at Comic-Con, we would always go stand in the pool at the Marriott and say, this is where they filmed the scene with Benicio Del Toro. We'd stand, oh, this is exactly where we were in traffic. Because that's where they filmed it, at that uh, Marriott uh, in um, in San Diego. It was like, we would we would reenact it without the uh, without the wire. Mark, Joe you, Carnahan's you, narc. Sure, sure. Uh, Mark, you, you disappointed me. I thought that your pick was definitely going to be Tell me. Uh, director Ken Russell's 1980 film, Altered States. No, why? <laughs> why would you think that? I'm, I, 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 <laughs> um, but, I, you know, we mentioned Oliver Stone with uh, Midnight Express. More recently, he made a movie, which I don't think is particularly well, great. The Savages, um, you know, uh, which, uh, which got some acclaim. It's based um, on the Don Winslow novel. Yeah, and it's okay. It's well, if great. you're going to do Oliver Stone, and you know, look, you know, the thing about drugs is that you're always, you know, realizing that you've never looked at your hands. Well, the hand. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever looked at the hand? If that didn't make Michael Caine weak, it's not making, or maybe it'll well, make okay. uh, an, an, an anatomy weak. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's anatomy <laughs> weak. Wow. Oh boy, can you imagine what that week would let's do that next week. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes week. Speaking of the drugs being foot, followed by being the engine of the plot, there's blue velvet, which uh, oh, about, good, uh, good one. Uh Frank and his drug operation. Yeah, but there's a better pick than that. The Muppets Blue Velvet. <laughs> Have you ever seen that one? <laughs> I love that. I mean, you know, I, you know, Fozzie is Frank Booth. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, you want to go for a ride? A what? A ride. <laughs> a I ride? See- yeah, a ride. Can you outrun a bullet? Well, don't be case- a good neighbor to her. <laughs> Jeffrey. His Kermit would be Jeffrey, Jeffrey Beaumont. Dorothy Valens would obviously be Miss Piggy. Um, and, and then, and then who, who's Dean Stockwell? Oh, the mate Gonzo. Gonzo. Gonzo for sure. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then Fonzie. Dreams, <laughs> I walk with you. This is the secret film David Lynch is showing at uh, <laughs> yeah. at, at Cannes. Wow. It's the Muppets Blue Velvet. <laughs> oh, that's man. Just, that's just appalling. No, it's not. But it has to happen. It, or is it, Dean it, Stockwell the one human that's in it? No, no, no. Who's the one no. human? Who's the one human? Let's think. Let's think. Um, well, who would be Laura Dern? Maybe I think Laura Dern. Uh, Laura Dern would be the one, one human. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Dern and Laura Dern. <laughs> as he Laura Dern. disease in me. <laughs> oh my god! It'd be so great. <laughs> I so want to see that movie. Oh Perhaps Blue Ribbon. Okay. Well, there you go. There's also all the uh, people, you know, wrestling with uh, recovery, you know, playing yeah. God with David Duchovny. You know, I remember after uh, um, uh, uh, Paul Brookman came on the scene with Rick, uh, Risky Business, he did that movie Clean and Sober with Michael Keaton, Batman. And that was what got him Batman because, you know, Tim Burton saw him. He was the one person who saw the movie and uh, he saw him giving like this really great dramatic performance. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, oh, he, he could be Batman. Well, you know, I, I think we're we're missing a big one 
that was the uh, the kickoff to the independent film craze of the late sixties, early seventies. Easy Rider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. How could we? Uh, could we not go with yeah. Easy Rider? Well, that seems gotta, like the right film. I, I I think it might be. You know, look at that cast. You know, um, and obviously, um, you know, really really well directed. But it, it changed cinema. It changed. It paved yeah. the way for the movies we it love. It changed because, the business of cinema. Right. Because what it did was suddenly the studios who wouldn't hire young directors who were still hiring the really, you know, the guys who had made these classics the entrenched, in the 40s the and the Hollywood. 50s. Yeah. Finally, they realized, OK, well, you know what, John Ford and, you know, all these guys, are, you know, they're just not making the kinds of movies they made in their prime. We and they're not take a speaking chance. to the new audience. And that's what led to Francis Ford Coppola and yep. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Yep. It was all because of, all easy, of easy Rider. Easy yep. Rider opened the door. Otherwise, you still have these, you know, 70-year-old guys in suits directing movies. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, <laughs> might not have been bad for a few more years. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, look, I mean, I, you know, look, Quentin has always said, you, you know, he said, look at, at the, the legendary directors and how many, you know, made a classic film, a great movie at the very end of their career, you know, and there's still, I think that's wrong. I think there's a couple that actually do have some great movies, but definitely the majority of the legendary directors don't stick the landing. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they didn't get off the stage early enough. Um, you know, I mean, whether it's Hitchcock, I mean, you know, with family plot or, you know, a lot of the, you know, but the Will, Willie Wyler, the hook that John pulled Ford. them off the stage was Easy Rider. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. And Easy Rider was it changed the business forever. Well, spe speaking of directors who came on strong and have since faded, uh, there's Terry Gilliam's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's true. That's true. Which. Uh, uh, a film that was, you know, based on the Hunter Thompson book, uh, legendary, uh, a book that had been attempted to be adapted several times over the years and, until Terry yeah. Gilliam finally got it across the finish line. I mean, literally almost anything that Terry Gilliam ever directed should almost fit in this drug movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm with Darren. I think we're not going to go with Live and Let Die. You know, and, and Mr. Big was a really, you know, insightful into the drug trade in the Caribbean. But um, <laughs> but I, I do think that uh, we should get our motors running, head out on the highway and, and looking take, for adventure uh, and whatever comes our way. Yeah. And and uh, I think that would be uh, easy rider. Born to be wilded. Born to be wilded. born to be Muppets. We're born to be mm, mild here the on Muppet the 4.30. Easy Rider. We're born to be mild, born to be mild. here on the 4.30 it's movie. It's born to be mild week. <laughs> the 4.20 <laughs> movie on the 4.30 movie is a much better title. What do you but. think, Steve? What do you think of this Easy Rider idea? Uh, you know, classic film. Hard to argue against it. I was just going to I was just gonna throw out another more recent title, Pineapple Express, another popular yeah. uh, film with uh, the sort of the current uh, group of uh, drug and comedians. And it's fun. <laughs> now, you know, you're... Uh, you're uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Seth, Seth Rogen's in your, uh, um, you know. I, you know, the, those movies are interesting. I just wish it uh, was actually written and not just they turned the camera on and <laughs> improvise. I like improvise. this is the end. I thought this is the end was fun. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that was the cameos, you know, the fun cameos and people playing themselves. But when we do Breaking the Fourth Wall Week, we can talk about that. I, 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 I certainly... You know, I, Seth Rogen, 
James Franco, James Franco versus yeah. Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, <laughs> Peter Fonda. Like, you know, I, I know which one I want to go with. Oh. I'm almost willing to embrace the uh, Stone Harrison Ford <laughs> over that one. What do you think, All Steve? Right. Well, then no, maybe. I mean, I'm good with Easy Rider, of course. Maybe we have our week. Aaron? Ashley? Who? <laughs> Aaron? Did I say Aaron? Darren, Darren and Ashley? Uh, no, I'm all for Easy Rider. Okay, Darren. Yeah, I, I picked Rider. it, so I'm all for it. Okay, well, there we go. We have a consensus. <laughs> cool. Friday, it's Easy Rider. This year, the judges of the Cannes Film Festival presented the award Best Film by a New Director to Easy Rider. It's the story of a man who went looking for America and couldn't find it anywhere. Easy Rider stars Peter Fonda. You do your own thing in your own time. You should be proud. Also starring Dennis Hopper, the award-winning director of Easy Rider. Co-starring Jack Nicholson. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Easy Rider. Now, let's see if we can remember what we picked <laughs> earlier this week on Monday. Well, far out, man. It's Cheech and Chong in their next movie. On Tuesday, Darren. Whoa. Dude, it's like it's like the return, man. Return. Return of the Jedi. On Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> John oh, right is oh yeah John dies. dies at the end John dies at the end dude he Spoiler dies alert, dude. at the end dude and on Thursday dude. that's you Scarface <laughs> <laughs> Brian De Palma's 1983 remake of the classic Paul Muni film first you get the days then you get the movies then you get the podcast and then on Friday you get Easy Rider well, it's Here a week. We <laughs> I don't know if it's much of one, but it's, it's a week. It's not what we all expected, but maybe it's what we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure and a sincere delight and a sincere sensation being here with you on the 430 movie. If you're a fan of this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on 430 movie pod at uh Twitter or on Instagram at the 430 movie uh, as well, where you can find exclusive bonus content. We'd like to thank our producers, Natalie Miscali, our producer and archivist, uh, researcher assistant, uh, Peter Holmstrom, Zach Raggett, um, and everyone, especially the great Mark Rivera, who has been doing such a great job with the show, mixing under the tutelage and mentorship of the great Bill Ritter. So thank you guys for making us sound so good, even as we continue to record from outside the studio. And we'll be back next Friday with an all new week on the 430 movie. And hopefully no Star Wars movies will be mentioned. And until then, on behalf of Steven, Darren, Ashley, and myself, Mark A. Altman. And Aaron. Don't forget Aaron. And Aaron. And Aaron. And on behalf of Steve, Darren, Ashley, and myself, Mark A. Altman, we'll see you next week. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now.
This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.